0: Hello and welcome back to our study of the Gospel of John and we are getting into the Gospel of John itself today and uh, this is how I plan to proceed uh, more or less Uh, behind me or next to me on this screen is the text of the Gospel of John from the evangelical heritage version of course you can follow along in whatever version Ever whatever translation of the Bible you like. What's the best translation of the Bible? One you will read. Uh, but for our purposes here, and because it uh it's the translation that we're using for many things these days, we're going to use the ES the EHB today. Um, and I'm going to follow the uh part I talked about at the end of last session, uh, that we look at a portion of scripture and then uh, we think, how does this fit in with doctrine, with law and gospel, with God's commandments or maybe a line of the creed, catechism connections, other portions of scripture that this reminds us of. and. The most important thing is uh, life application, what does God want us to know and to be and to do. We'll be following that more or less as we cover the Gospel of John. Uh, So we begin at the beginning with John chapter 1, and we're going to take the, the first five verses here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him everything was made, and without him not one thing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life life was the light of mankind. The light is shining in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome. Well, right away, in the first three words, you have references, Uh, To other parts of the Bible this draws us back to Genesis chapter 1 And we remember John's goal in his gospel that that theme question is who is Jesus and? So instead of starting in Bethlehem instead of starting in Nazareth The disciple John starts in the beginning takes us all the way back to creation. And then he tells us about Jesus' role in creation. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Genesis also makes us think of the first words of God. first words God speaks. Let there be light. In him was life, and that life was the light of mankind. John is reflecting Genesis to show us who Jesus truly is. Thinking about law and gospel, this is pure gospel because it points us to Jesus. points us to our Savior and to who our Savior truly is. Uh, We think of uh, the Apostles' Creed and uh, the Nicene Creed. Jesus is God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made. Through him all things were made, taken straight from here. Uh, Something that we will see as we get into the rest of the Gospel of John is we will see this theme, Jesus is God, Uh, Jesus is the the creator through him whom all things were made. In John chapter 2, we will see the wedding of Cana, where he changes water into wine in an instant. It shows us he's creator. Or in John chapter 9, where Jesus heals a blind man, how does he do that? Well, he puts mud on the man's eyes which reminds us of how God took mud, took dust at the very beginning and made people. Jesus is showing us who he is. Uh, Think of that, uh, think of the word as a name for Jesus. You and I use words to communicate ideas to one another. And we will later see, well, the Word, the one who is with the the Father has made him known. Uh, How does God communicate with us in the ultimate way? He sends Jesus, the Word made flesh. Verse 5 says, the light is shining in the darkness, and the darkness is not overcome it. Uh, this is a lesson to us about the nature of good and evil. Uh, there was, and I suppose there still is, uh, a teaching about good and evil, as good and evil are equal and opposite forces, always struggling against each other. Um, And some of you might remember way back in the 70s, George Burns was in a comedy called, Oh God, and then one of the the sequels to that was, Oh God, You Devil. And so George Burns played the devil as God's evil twin. That's kind of a, a roundabout way of talking about dualism. Good and evil as equal and opposite forces. Or maybe you've seen the the Asian yin and yang symbol, uh, the the swirling black and white symbol, and that's meant to show good and evil as equal and opposite forces, always trying to balance each other out. Uh, Well, we know in the beginning God created all things very good. Uh, Sin comes into the world, but still, who is the creator? the Almighty God. And that evil is not really an equal force that's working against good. Evil is a corruption of the good, or the absence of good. Uh, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. Uh, God has the upper hand, because he's the creator of all Evil is not an equal force that's fighting against him. Uh, Light and darkness are themes in the Gospel of John and in John's letters. Uh, Think of darkness, well think of Isaiah, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Darkness is a word that is used to symbolize danger. uh, When darkness, when evil, when uh, evil does its work under the cover of darkness, uh, the time and state when evil does its work, uh, trying to be out of sight. The light. Uh, Jesus said, the good shepherd uh, comes in through the gate. Uh, the thief climbs in over the gate over the wall and tries to steal and hurt and kill. But the good shepherd comes in through the, the gate. Now we look at verses 6 to 8. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as an eyewitness to testify about the light so that everyone would believe through him. He was not the light but he came to testify about the light. Uh, This is John the Baptist and uh, John the disciple, the writer, his testimony about John the Baptist is much the same as what we will later hear John say about himself. I am not the Christ. He must increase, I must decrease. Um, Kind of an off-the-wall thing that I bumped into as I was preparing is that in Mesopotamia, That would be Iraq uh, today. Uh, And that there was and there might still be uh, a cult or a sect that uh, continues to worship or venerate John the Baptist as the greatest of their prophets or possibly as some kind of a messiah. And really they are missing out on John's purpose John came to prepare the way, to point ahead to Jesus. It was never about him. It was all about pointing to Jesus, the one to come, the one who was promised. Uh, So after that brief mention of John the Baptist, John the disciple now comes back to talk about Jesus as the true light. Something that is a characteristic of the Gospel of John is that John, people have called it a John's cycle, that he'll talk about one topic, then he'll talk about a second topic, he may talk about a third topic, and then he comes back around to the first. So, uh, John earlier talked about the light shining in the darkness, now he comes back to the light. He talked about John the Baptist up here. He's going to talk about John the Baptist later. So back to the subject of light and darkness. Uh, The real light that shines light on everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not recognize him. He came to what was his own, yet his own people did not accept him. But to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. They were born not of blood or of the desire of the flesh or of a husband's will, but born of God. Uh, Well, thinking back to our uh, analysis sheet, law and gospel. uh, John talks about light and darkness. Uh, There's darkness in the world. There's sin in the world. That's the law here. Uh, Other scriptures, again, this draws us back to Genesis. In Genesis, the, the world was formless and empty and darkness was over the deep. And then God brings everything into order at first by saying, let there be light. Uh, here in John John talks about Jesus as the light that shines on everyone is coming into the world he was in the world and though the world was made through him the world did not recognize him Uh, we think of Matthew chapter 2 wise men from the east come to visit King Herod and Herod shows himself to be a person of the world. He doesn't recognize him. Uh, Newborn king of the Jews, there's one king of the Jews, and that's me, and I'm going to keep it that way. Uh, Pontius Pilate asks, you are a king then? And he finds no guilt in Jesus, but Pilate shows himself to be a person connected to the world, and even though he finds Jesus innocent, sends him on to die. The world did not recognize him. Uh, And he came to what was his own, yet his own people did not accept him. He came to the Jewish people. And the chief priests and Pharisees did nothing but question Jesus, question him in a bad way, challenge him, Uh, try to get him in trouble with the people and with the Romans. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive it. Uh, At Jesus' trial before Pilate, they said, We have no king but Caesar. Give us Barabbas. His own did not accept it. Uh, Some life applications, some uh, application of this as we look at the world around us he was in the world but the world did not receive him. This makes me think of the anti-theism movement. Uh, We're only forty miles from Madison and that was once the home of the freedom from religion movement. I think that is still around. That's anti-theism or militant atheism. And just in the last month we have heard traditional Christianity being called white supremacist Uh, and that, yes, our art does reflect European people. Uh, That doesn't mean we're white supremacist. It means we see Jesus as fully human and connected to us. People of other cultures depict him differently. At the same time, we realize Jesus was a Mediterranean Jew. His skin was probably a little darker than ours. His features were probably a little different than ours. Yet he's fully and truly human and Savior of all. And I'll talk more about uh, inclusive terms in the Gospel of John, too. Uh, But uh, his own did not receive him. The world did not receive him. The world still doesn't receive him. The world still fights against him. Uh, The main theme of the gospel is, who is Jesus? But here John talks about, who are we? Um, He gives us the right to be called children of God. Who are we? Children of God because of Christ. Uh, then that last phrase in verse 13, uh, they were born not of blood, or the diet desire of the flesh, or the husband's will, but born of God. Uh, that's actually, that's talking about three things. Uh, they were born not of blood. Um, I think some translations may have they were born not of natural descent. Uh, Blood here means of, like, bloodlines. There were many people that Jesus encountered who were very proud of being descendants of Abraham. Uh, I think especially in John chapter 8, we have Abraham as our father. Uh, Jesus said, you... Uh, don't do the things that your father Abraham did. Uh, So, in Paul's letter to the Romans, Paul talks about what true descent from Abraham is, sharing the faith of Abraham. Uh, They were born not of blood, not of a bloodline or natural descent, Uh, not born of the desire of the flesh, Uh, that's talking about biology, uh, natural birth. And then, uh, not born of a husband's will. That may confuse us a little bit until we understand that it was the Roman custom. When a child was born, uh, one Roman custom was that That child had to be presented to the father of the household, and then that father would declare that child as his own or not, but it was dependent on uh, the father of the household and his will or his choice. Uh, And that we are not. God's children, born of the family of Abraham, not born naturally. John chapter 3, Jesus will talk about being born of water and the Spirit as being born of God. Uh, Not being born uh, children of God simply by declaration, but born of God. God's work, God's doing. Uh, this is explained more in John's first letter in chapter 5. John talks about being children of God. Uh, then, remember, John has his cycles, talks about one thing, talks about another, and then comes back. And John started with In the beginning was the Word, he comes back to the Word. The word became flesh and dwelled among us. We have seen his glory, the glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Uh, This is the reason why John chapter 1 is the Christmas day gospel. Uh, John doesn't go back to Bethlehem, but he goes back to the very beginning. And now he tells us this is what Christmas is all about. The word became flesh. God himself took on human flesh and made his dwelling among us. Uh, in John's first letter, John says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have observed and, and our hands have touched regarding the word of life, this life appeared and we have seen it. Remember in the introduction section, uh, the last week's section, that I talked about how John probably wrote his gospel in response to some false teachings that were starting to circulate. Uh, And so there was uh, the Gnostics, Jesus didn't take on human flesh at all, but was just this appearance or this projection. And then there were the other people who said, no, Jesus was just uh, a human being and a good teacher. John pushes both of those aside and says, the Word became flesh. God himself became human, uh, made his dwelling among us. John says, we have seen his glory. That's going to come up again and again. Uh, that will come up again uh, in John chapter 2, when John talks about the wedding of Cana, Jesus changed wa- changes water into wine, and then John says, we, he thus revealed his glory. Uh, and then his disciples put their faith in him. So, we have seen his glory, uh, the glory he has as the only begotten of the Father, who is Jesus. The only begotten Son of the Father. uh, Full of grace and truth. Uh, Grace, the definition we all learn for grace is undeserved love. One writer I follow likes to talk about grace as one-way love. Love that comes from God to us, not looking for a reason to love us first, but it loves. Beca- he loves because that is his nature. That is grace, uh, full of grace and truth, unchanging truth, absolute truth, universal truth, truth about God. Uh, the opposite of truth is falsehood or I would also say the opposite of truth is uncertainty. We think of Pontius Pilate in John chapter 18 asking Jesus what is truth? And those are very much here's some application to us and to our world Uh, uncertainty and doubt are very much part of our times What is truth? Everybody has their own truth. You speak your truth. Jesus reveals the truth of God, the truth about himself, the truth about what he came to do. Then, verses 15 to 18, uh, John now comes back to John the Baptist. John testified about him. He cried out, This is the one I spoke about when I said, The one coming after me outranks me because he existed before me. For out of his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only begotten Son who is close to the Father's side has made him known. Uh, So back to John the Baptist, and John the Baptist talks about the eternity of Jesus. Uh, He existed before me. Well, we know from the Gospel of Luke that John the Baptist is actually about six months older than Jesus, but he existed before John. Uh, We think of the Council of Nicaea and uh, Arius claiming there was a time when Jesus was not. John the Baptist says, he existed before I was born. John the disciple says, he was at the beginning. Uh, Out of his fullness we have received grace upon grace. Uh, Different translations render that differently. I think NIV 84 said we have received one blessing after another and that reflects the spirit of grace upon grace. Uh, NIV80 or NIV 2011 has uh, we all have received grace in place of grace already given. I think that interprets a little bit much. What I think John is getting at is grace without end, grace, undeserved love, one-way love from God that just keeps coming. As we followed Jesus, as we walked with Jesus, uh, to the wedding of Cana, to Jacob's well through Samaria, uh, to the Sea of Galilee, feeding the crowds of thousands, all of these things we saw Grace upon grace. One blessing after another. Uh, The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Uh, The law was given through Moses. Uh, Well, we think of the Ten Commandments as the moral law, and the people did not keep the moral law. Old Testament is full of people breaking the moral law. Uh, The book of Judges is full of murder, adultery. Uh, Even the judges themselves, Samson uh, committed adultery and uh, didn't take his role as a judge seriously didn't take the the promise or the the vow of God very seriously and told Delilah they could cut his hair. The people of Israel did not follow the moral law. So God gave his people uh, sacrifices and other rituals that were named as sin offerings and guilt offerings and restitution offerings that all pointed ahead to Jesus the offering that would end all offerings and later today we will talk about Jesus as Lamb of God that's coming up. The law was given through Moses both moral law and ceremonial law and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Some of the law and law has a broader definition other than just a command. Law can have a broader definition of teaching. Uh, that was given through Moses. Fulfillment came through Jesus Christ. Uh, uh-oh. Okay. There. It's back on my computer. There we are. Sorry about that. Uh, Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Something about law and gospel. Getting back to our first part of our analysis of, of, uh, as we read law and gospel. Something about law and gospel is that uh, law does not save us. It instructs us. In catechism class we learned about the law as a guide. Uh, Shows us how God wants us to live as his people. But the law by itself doesn't save us. Uh, Over a hundred years ago, uh, there were temperance preachers, uh, revivalist preachers that would go all over the countryside. And that's how Prohibition came about. Preachers and churches were uh, preaching about the evils of alcohol. And that's what led to Prohibition. Uh, I used to have an old hymnal from that era. And there were all kinds of anti-alcohol songs. And by that kind of preaching, was anybody saved? They warn people about the evils of alcohol, and alcohol does indeed have its problems with addiction, substance abuse, and so on, but did they really save anybody with that kind of preaching? They weren't pointing people to Jesus, the Savior, who takes away sin, who we are to trust and believe in as our only Savior. If they're not being presented with that, they're not being given the gospel they're not being given the solution to the problem Uh, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ undeserved love the truth about God and his love and his plan for us no one has ever seen God the only begotten son who is close to the Father's side has made him known that is Jesus as the living word of God, too. He makes his Father and his Father's will known to us. This is the ultimate way that God communicates with us. Then, back to John the Baptist. Uh, This is the testimony that John gave when the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny. He confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, who are you then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? No, he answered. Then they asked him, who are you? Tell us so that we can give an answer to the, those who sent us. Who do you what do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness make straight the way of the Lord just as Isaiah the prophet said they had been sent from the Pharisees so they asked John why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ or Elijah or the prophet I baptize with water John answered among you stands one you do not know he is the one coming after me whose sandal strap I am not worthy to untie these things happened in Bethany beyond Jordan where John was baptizing. Uh, so uh, in verse 21, uh, the people ask John the Baptist, Who are you? And John says, I am not the Christ. And then they ask, Are you Elijah? And John says, I am not. We need to clarify this just a little bit because in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 17, uh, Jesus says that John the Baptist was the Elijah who was to come. In Malachi chapter 4, uh, Malachi says, See, I will send you the prophet Elijah. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the children to their fathers. Uh, And so the closing words of the Old Testament point to an Elijah who is to come. So that's the reason why the Pharisees asked that question. Are you Elijah? Uh, Jesus said, John, is that Elijah who is to come? That means he's the fulfillment of Malachi 4. At the same time, John the Baptist was his own person with his own mission and his own preaching, preparing the way for the Lord. Uh, So, are you Elijah? John said, I am not. Are you the prophet? In Deuteronomy 18, Moses predicted a prophet. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet from among your brethren. Uh, To him you must listen. And so the Jews of that time were looking for a prophet. Are you the prophet? And John answered no. Uh, In catechism class we talk about Jesus as our prophet, priest, and king. Jesus is that prophet prophet who's the fulfillment. Uh, And then, who are you? Tell us so we can give an answer. And John quotes the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 40. Uh, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare or make straight the way of the Lord. Uh, Just as the prophet has said. Uh, This is a little clarification about John's mission and what he's there to do. John was preaching, and he would attract people because they never saw anybody like this before. Uh, John dressed in camel's hair. Uh, John preaching with authority. Uh, The kind of preaching that people hadn't heard in living memory. Really, they hadn't heard that kind of preaching in 400 years since the prophet Malachi. Uh, Are you the prophet? Uh, Are you Elijah? Uh, And John says, it's not about me. He was attracting all their attention, but he has to keep saying in one way or another, it's not about me. And now they ask about his baptism. Uh, why do you baptize if you are not the Christ or Elijah or the prophet? And then John says again, it's not about me. Uh, I baptize with water. Among you stands one you do not know. He is coming after me. The sandal strap I am not worthy to untie. Uh, it's not about me. And the thing about the sandal strap. I'm not even good enough to do the most lowly task for the Messiah. Uh, It's not about me. These things happened in Bethany beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. Uh, Beyond the Jordan would mean on the east side of the Jordan. Uh, We know there's a Bethany that's a few miles from Jerusalem where Mary and Martha and Lazarus lived Uh, Bethany beyond Jordan would have been on the east side of the Jordan Uh, we will be looking at a map uh, in a few chapters uh, when we start talking about Jesus moving around uh, the Holy Land Then. The next day John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Uh, Think again of our analysis. Law and gospel. Uh, Sin of the world. There is sin in the world. There's a lot of sin in the world. Sometimes it seems like the world is run by sin and we see sin in ourselves Uh, that's the law here's the gospel here's the Lamb of God who takes it away Uh, uh, by calling Jesus the Lamb of God uh... I often talk about uh, biblical metaphors, or uh, biblical picture language, as really being compressed language. Uh, when King David says, the Lord is my shepherd, oh, we think of a shepherd looking after a lost sheep. We think of a shepherd uh, not just owning sheep, but caring for them, or going after them. Uh, all of that is packed into the word shepherd. Well, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In the ceremonial law of Israel, God had packed a lot of things into that word lamb. First thing we think of is the Passover lamb. Uh, There were requirements of the Passover lamb. It had to be a lamb without blemish, uh, a lamb that was a prime lamb, a year old. Uh, No broken bones. Uh, All of that uh, was connected to the Passover lamb. There were many other lambs that were used as sacrifices. Uh, Lamb of God. The word really means sacrifice. This is the one God himself presents for sacrifice. back to the Passover. We think of uh, the people of Israel painting the Lamb's blood on uh, the door frames. And the message of the Passover then was the blood of the Lamb spares God's people from death. The Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world and spares God's people from death. Uh, As a catechism connection, we think of uh, the second article of the creed and Jesus' humiliation. If lamb, re- the term lamb is referring to sacrifice, it refers to Jesus humbling himself and sacrificing himself. Uh, some life application: uh, the sin of the world, which includes your sin. My sin. All of our sin. Uh, There's no sin that Jesus did not give himself for. Uh, No one is left out. Not even you, not even me on our worst day. Uh, Something that I think would be a good study and something that I plan that we will look for as we go forward is... uh, these inclusive words in the Gospel of John. Words that and phrases that tell us that God leaves nobody out. Uh, the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. God so loved the world. Uh, in John's letter, uh, his first letter, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Uh, John uses these inclusive terms. Uh, and another thing that we'll be looking for as we go through the chapters of John is uh, elements of John 3:16, but maybe different phrases, uh, the, the ideas in John 3:16, Uh, are there but in a different order. So we think of God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Well, that term Lamb of God talks about God himself giving something for sacrifice. Uh, God so loved the world, takes away the sin of the world. Uh, This is John 3.16 before we even get to John 3.16. So something we'll be looking for as we go through the rest of John is what elements of John 3.16 do we see as we go on? Uh, John the Baptist again says, it's not about me. The one who coming after me outranks me because he existed before me. Uh, And then he says, I came baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Again, John is saying, it's not about me. He must become greater, I must become less. Uh, look to him, he's the Lamb. Uh, some life application, especially when we think of uh, the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. Uh, I have to think about what a terrible thing guilt is. Uh, It can be the brightest day outside and the birds are all singing and the devil comes and reminds you of some past failure. It's all your fault. You did this and you can't get away from it. Sometimes there are events or, or things that happen that there's this guilt, there's this past wrong I can't get away from. And it always keeps back, coming back to me and keeps staring me in the face and keeps bringing me down. Maybe it's something in the past, maybe it's something in the present, that we constantly feel that we fall short of other people's expectations or we fall short of God's expectations of us. day after day that keeps coming in front of us and we have Jesus our Lamb of God who has taken it all away already Uh, Jesus says I am your lamb and I have set you free Uh, then John the Baptist gives us his account of the baptism of Jesus in verse 32 Uh, John also testified I saw the Spirit descend like a dove from heaven and remain on him I myself did not recognize him but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit I saw this myself and have testified that this is the Son of God." Uh, So this section closes with John the Baptist answering the question, who is Jesus? I've seen this, I have testified, this is the Son of God. Uh, We're going to stop our study this week Here at the end of verse 34 and we will pick it up next time God's blessings on your study as always uh, any questions to what we have uh, covered today uh, you can send it to my email address which is displayed right here and it's also displayed in the comments also in the comments below is a link to uh, a handout Uh, and you can look at that and review what I went through today. So next time we will continue with the next part of John chapter 1. God's blessings today.